This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What's going on, dude? You're talking to a 50-year-old man. That's how old you are that your podcast host is a 50-year-old man. Happy birthday, Liz. Um, I, uh, I think I found out it was too late your time. And then I, I what, what, how do I, how can I wish him happy birthday? What medium is it going to be acceptable with Liz without him being traced? So uh, I decided to wait to do it now in, in the podcast. Happy birthday, man. 50 years old. I, I, I saw the pictures the next day. The jacket was sweet. Um, the champagne looking good. So yeah, man, happy birthday. Thank you. I appreciate it. It was a really fun party. So we had booked this place. It's in a national park. I think I told you about it because we went there like a couple of months ago. And it's really nice. And there's three houses on this property. And you can't, if you were to buy, we looked at property there, you can't build anything that doesn't already exist because it's, this, it's a national park. And they don't want you messing with anything, no development or anything. So we went there. We stayed in this little cottage. It was really nice, but it was too small. And we checked out the other two houses, which were empty at the time we stayed there in early March. And there's one like kind of nice house, like a blue stripe around it. That's like the middle size house, two bedrooms. And then at the top near the pool, there's this giant mansion. It's like a really beautiful, old, high class Portuguese house that's on these nice quintas, these nice farms. And we kind of peered in, and you know the owner is really friendly. He said, "Oh yeah, look in. You can look around. It's super nice." Anyway, so it was my birthday, my 50th birthday weekend. So Heather's like, "Yeah, we booked this." And uh, on Saturday, we'll have a party. We'll go up Friday. On Saturday, we'll have a party. We'll stay till Monday morning. And Monday morning is my actual birthday. And on Saturday, you know, we'll invite some friends and have a, a cookout or something like that. And I was like, ah, oh, sounds good. So we drive up Friday afternoon, get there at like four or whatever. And, and Heather's all like, oh, we're going to take Sasha out of school early too. Friday. I just realized this now. And I'm like, why? Like, I just need more time to deal. Like pack up. I got to take a nap. I'm exhausted. She's like, no, I, I really want to get going. So I didn't think anything about it. I'm like, I don't know why you're such a rush. But so we pack everything up, barely fit everything in the car, like all this food. And I could see she had gotten giant containers of sausages, sauerkraut, and potato salad from this Austrian place that we go to all the time called Verst. That's really good. And we hadn't been in a while. So she'd already like got them, all their catering stuff uh, stocked in the, in the trunk. So I figured we're having that on the Saturday grill. And so we drive up and we get to the, the middle house and Heather's like, just go in the house. Hold on. Sasha and I have a surprise we're going to do. Hold on. And she's like, watch, watch Oscar. So I take Oscar, who actually runs off after them, and I couldn't find him. But anyway, I'm like, why do they drive there? You know, I'm in the house, but I hear the car go, and I come out to look for Oscar. Car's gone. I'm like, where are they dri- why are they driving the car? So then Sasha comes back, and she's like, yeah, we're, she kind of spilled the beans a second early, but it's all right. And she said, yeah, you know, Neil and Natasha are coming over, and a couple of your friends. And so... I was like, wait, right now? I thought I was going to take a nap. You know, I, I want to take a nap. And suddenly I'm like locked into this 72-hour party. You know, next thing I know, I've got a wine glass in my hand. <laughs> and, you know, these guys are shucking oysters for me and like putting, you know, putting them in front of me. And I'm like, okay, it's, I guess it started. So a bunch of my friends came up and we had uh, 
everything you can imagine. We had oysters. The first night we had the, the sausages and the potato salad and all that and oysters and meat and cheese uh, and tons of wine. And the next day for lunch, they, this, one of my friends, Ansel, he's like this, they run this like international food business, really cool business. They run this business where they, like in Mexico City or in Istanbul where they live for 14 years or Lisbon or like a bunch of cities around the world, they know all the like really good hole in the wall places and they do food tours all over the place. Anyway, that guy is friends with some Syrians from Lisbon who cook really good Middle Eastern, you know, Syrian food. So for lunch, we had this gigantic spread of like kebabs and kofta and baba ganoush and all that stuff. So there was that spread. <laughs> and then Saturday night, Neil, who like ran a Michelin starred restaurant and cooked in so many restaurants, makes the, the, the lamb and the, uh, the scallops with bacon that I posted. And then on, on Sunday, Ansel, who's like an incredible cook himself, had smoked this pork shoulder in the smoker and, and made uh, tacos with these tortillas he got from this Mexican place. And then, you know, it just never ended. You know, it was like one thing, it was like one gourmet meal after another. And we had a bunch of cigars and wine and champagne. And cider. You know, I like this really good dry apple cider that they brought. And, uh, but, you know, by the end, I just, I just wanted to chill because there was a lot. There's a lot of socializing and partying, but it was a, it was a good 50th birthday. Yeah, well done, Heather. My wife did uh, a surprise for got me surprised on my 30th. Um, but uh, yeah, that sounds uh, sounds fun, man. I wish I could have shared it with you, um, man. Someday soon, uh, love to love to visit you there. It's funny. I we actually no joke got uh, uh, our Christmas card delivered back to that was sent to you just this week. So wow. how many months is that? No, Five yeah. months. We're um, just talking so, about. Yeah, that. I'll ask you. All, We're just talking about talk about what. Well, Heather and I are talking about Portugal is kind of a nice, quiet place with all this like COVID mania and the religious tribes that are sort of amassing against one another. It's kind of a quiet place. She's like, yeah, but it kind of sucks to be in a third world country where you can't even get your mail. And she started citing a bunch of stuff that never arrived. Like uh, her, her mom sent a card to Sasha that arrived like a month late. There's still stuff that, that we're supposed to get from the UK that never, I never got. It's just funny that you mentioned that because we were just talking about that like an hour ago. Yeah, I'll ask you uh, when we're finished recording uh, what I, if I got something wrong or if it was just a Tell me the naughty snow. You know, I don't want to dox myself because you know, a lot of haters <laughs> yeah. out there, so I'm not going to That's what I'm saying. Not yeah. say it. But, uh, but, yeah. but not only that, five months later, too. I mean, we're in May, and I yeah. said, you know what I mean? I mean, so, yeah, no. that's, that's, yeah that's pretty slow. <laughs> well, listen to this. I, I refiled some taxes from 2018 because I, I had a tax benefit I didn't realize that my new accountant told me about. So I like printed that stuff out last April 23rd, not this year, 2020. And I was like, going to get some money back. So I, I did it. I printed out like all these pages, a real pain in the ass, sent it. And in October, I got the check. <laughs> like, you know, I, I didn't hear a word. Sent it in April, <laughs> got the check in October. But hey, it worked. It was good. Yeah, at least it worked. Yeah, so, at least it worked. <clears throat> yeah. So exciting, man! Love your jacket again. Everyone needs to go check it out if, uh, if you have to get on your, on your yeah, that was, that was a jacket I bought for my friend's wedding two years ago. Little I know, I'd barely leave. I wouldn't travel at all, or you know, have occasion to use it. So I, I rocked it. I'm, it probably felt good to, to to be with people. You know, probably haven't been at, like in a, in a group setting like that in a while. I bet everybody felt. It seemed like first of all, it's incredible. It's like a paradise. All the kids are running around. There's a pool with huge space and. In the mountains, grass—it's like a grass-surrounded pool with mountains in the background, um, which is also ten minutes from the beach. I think everybody was just feeling the same way. Like nobody had been to a party in fifteen months, you know. Like nobody had done anything fun, 
and everybody was kind of I, good spirits. Yeah, I went I went to a wedding two weekends ago, and it was the same way. Everyone was just so excited just to be out. It feels like uh, yeah, had the same so it was the same it was atmosphere cool. type feeling. And uh, it was funny because uh, I shouldn't even say this, but at about two a.m. after a lot of wine, a couple of friends of mine they were going back and forth of where where they want to live in the world, whether you know some of them want to go to France ultimately or you know they were talking about where to live and they asked me and i was just like you know what i just i don't care about it. you guys are focusing on the wrong thing i just want the place where it's not a totalitarian state and i went on like a paranoid totalitarian <laughs> state rant for like half an hour my friend had to like you know not talk me off the ledge but like he was just listening patiently he was like yeah i hear, I hear you i hear you man i'm like don't don't talk to me like i'm a crazy person man i'm telling you that's that's what I care about. Nobody else seems to care. They're like, oh, everything's going to go back to normal. I'm like, I don't want to go wherever it is if it's not a totalitarian state. That does not surprise me that this happened. Yes, yes that checks yes. out. But yeah, it was a good, it was a nice birthday. And, um, and then, you know, we went Big 5-0. Yeah, 5-0 is no joke. Yeah, it's the, it's it's the biggest one you're going to get unless you make it to 100, right? Yeah, yeah. Is yeah. true? It, yeah, it doesn't get any bigger than 50. And then by 100, yeah, even then, you're probably not no, even aware what's going on. No, a real man's partying <laughs> his ass off at 100. Yeah, for sure. Um, really, awesome. hard, hard drugs at 100. There's no doubt about that thing. Oh, I was going to say about the uh, about the jacket. I was supposed to shave too. I like brought like my razor. I didn't know, right? Like the party started, and then I was like drinking for 72 hours, and I never even shaved. Like, I never even. I was like going to like you know dress up and shave. I did have the wherewithal to put a jacket on. That was about it. Right. Yeah. Well, you got your nice uh, your 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 white beard looking good. Yeah. White white hair. Yeah. Well, it makes me look a lot older too. People are commenting. They're like. You're, uh, what they call it, catfishing people with that, uh, with that profile pic. I'm like, that oh. profile pic was from late 2017. It's not that old. You know, I mean, that took that in Lisbon. That's not that old. You're like, oh, you're using a pic from 10 years ago, you know, for your profile pic. I'm like, now, nah, if I shaved, you'd see, you know, but it was a good pic. Yeah, Lisbon's just aging you extreme. <laughs> no, it's a good picture, but it, was, it definitely, you know, I definitely do look a little bit older than in my other one, but. So, uh, where, what, when next? Want to go, uh, sports? I, uh, oh, oh, I got, gonna, I got, I got, we're burying the lead here, ahead. though, dude. Yeah. What's that? Like, so I, I, I don't know if you're listening I, to XM. But show Trey Lance? Show. Yeah. Oh, so, the Trey area. Yeah. The Trey area. You're yeah. talking, you want to talk to Trey area? Yeah. yeah. Trey to the bay. That's yeah. you want to, okay. Yeah. You're right. That here's, is the lead. Here's what I'm saying. You got on the XM show, and I think probably on this podcast also a couple of weeks ago. And you were like, if they traded all those picks and got Mac Jones, that is the stupidest thing they could possibly do. He has no athleticism. Unless he's Drew Brees or Tom Brady, it's not worth it. And you were apoplectic about the okay, likelihood. Okay. Yes. About the likelihood. All true. Correct me if I'm mistaken in, in recounting this. And you were apoplectic about the, even the likelihood that they would, you know, it seemed increasingly likely that they were going to take Mac Jones. And then when it seemed almost certain they were going to take Mac Jones, on the eve of the first round of the draft last week on the podcast, you, you capitulated completely and you started saying, well, you know, Mac Jones, he does have some pretty good college numbers and making up a case for Mac Jones. You started to, you're such a broken man that instead of sticking with your conviction that Mac Jones would be terrible and a horrible decision and that, you know, Shanahan, you were like losing faith in the Niners as a, as a franchise, you capitulated. And yet there was no need to capitulate because they never took Mac Jones in the first place. They were never going to take Mac Jones. So what do you have to say for yourself? This is partially true. It is true that I was talking myself into Mac Jones, who would have been successful in that situation. And I stand by it. I think he's going to be better than Zach Wilson 
um, man, especially with the situations they're in. Um, that is that part, I guess is kind of true, but I was adamant how much I hated a trading for a stationary quarterback. And I certainly more so maybe on the XM show the next day than, than last week's pod. Um, I had myself sold on Justin Fields, but that wasn't the point. You know, I brought up the stat since the CBA, the new CBA, um, only one immobile quarterback um, is has reached that second contract, and that was Jared Goff. So it's just it was just a philosophical thing. Like I didn't watch college, you know, and I was just like, is is Kyle Shanahan really a donkey that would let it leak immediately? Trade for a version of Jimmy Garoppolo, like all those assets for someone who could have fallen to twelve, like that. That was pretty much a nightmare, and I feel like I was pretty upset about it Thursday morning on XM, if not the podcast. It is true that I was talking myself into Mac Jones, but that's because I am a broken man. And yes, desperate uh, yes, broken man. I and threatened you- to sell my season tickets, and I was losing sleep for a week. Um, it, I was so, so fired up for that. It was insane when they, when they called the number. That was like, dude, honestly, it was like waking up for a, a big, like a Super Bowl because it was the next decade and the amount they traded, the fact they're season ticket holders, the fact I'm a psycho and care too much about a local team. It's just laundry. I hear you, Seinfeld. But Trey Lance, I, I mean, dude, he is – this is what you trade those three picks for. I get it. There, he could be a bust. He has the fewest passes ever for I, that, someone taking that high, I think, of any, any quarterback in the first round. But someone 6'4", 225 pounds, runs a four five forty, who can throw a football over them mountains. That is who you trade all those picks for. I mean, that is, you know, could be the difference maker. Um, supposedly a high football IQ calling the protections at the line of scrimmage. This guy at 19 years old threw the most passage and called football without an interception and ran for 1,100 yards. You want to talk fantasy. As the 19, I know it wasn't, it was FBS or whatever, but, um, it was, uh, but 1100 yards as a 19 year old and they count sacks in college, by the way. So uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm all in now. So you can call me a nutless monkey and, uh, no, and whatever. Lance, but, uh, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not calling you a nutless monkey for being in on Trey Lance. I'm, t- I'm calling you a nutless monkey for capitulating on Mac Jones for no reason. And it turned out you didn't even need to do that. You didn't even need to do that. Dude, I bet, I bet, I'm not even going to say, but I bet on him. You know, I was so like down. I was like, I, I, you know, I bet, I, I never been so happy to lose a bet. And, um, how much, yeah, did, you lose? I, how much did you yeah. pay to get out of Mac Jones? Yeah, don't worry about it. But it's no, no, no. Uh, it, was it more I'll than five hundred? Not nearly enough. Not nearly was enough. Was it more than five hundred? I would have paid more. I would have paid more if it, if it meant getting Trey Lance, uh, who's going to be the okay. okay. I'm going to take that as a yes. Yeah. More than a thousand? No, it was right around your first guess. Okay. All right. um, <laughs> so what? 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 Uh, um, what um, yeah. So so the, your Giants, you have uh, you have Justin Fields falling to eleven. Yeah, here's the problem with your Giants. Um, I'm not. By the way, this There's will not no be last year talking no about problem. Trey Lance. I'm in. I'm in two rookie dynasty drafts uh, this this week, and I've uh, already made sure to secure his services. Um, but so, why did you? You made it so obvious that you wanted Devonta Smith that it just leaks. So your division rivals trade with each other to trade up. And I guess you guys did get quite a bit of ca- capital, and I just don't know why you're adding another receiver, but that's just kind of a – you did get a lot of draft picks, I will say that. But I personally, the quarterback is the most important position, obviously. You had Fields fall via – I don't know. I guess Daniel Jones possibly was playing with that, that – you know, maybe that hamstring injury – uh, or the injuries, uh, whatever the GM said, 90% of the players wouldn't even play through it. It's possible. You know, it's possible. That's true. But to me, I, I mean, I, I know I have friends who say you should just draft the quarterback in the first round every year of the draft. Um, and, and I, and I kind of get it. So I would have gone Fields. 
Yeah, I, I wouldn't have been mad if they got Fields. I think obviously getting one of the top tier quarterbacks at eleven is great. And I, I think I like Daniel Jones. I think he's really tough dude. Obviously the pocket awareness is bad and that has to improve. But I think realistically there's like a twenty percent chance Daniel Jones is the guy for them, right? About twenty percent. He's gotta have a really good year and he's gotta follow it up. You know, you can't just have like one good Jared Goff year and then suck for two more years after you get the contract. you got to be good for a while. I think it's about 20% that he's good enough. Uh, so I totally would have got taking fields there. But if you're the GM, and obviously he knows a lot more about college football than I do and has looked into it and doesn't think fields is the guy, doesn't think he's better than dimes, you, you either take fields or you trade down. That's what you got to do. And if you don't like fields, you trade down. And what did he get? He got an extra first, fourth, and fifth for the 11th pick just to move down nine spots. It was a great trade. Not only that, the Chad Gettleman may not even be with the Giants a year from now. He, he may be fired, and yet he got picks for them that are going to help their future, which no GM ever does. Then he gets Kadarius Tony, right. and I was like, oh, like, that was a reach, whatever. How the fuck do you know? You don't know if it's a reach. <laughs> He was, the, he was the guy that he liked, and Tony's like runs a 4-3-7. playmaker in the second half of the year. I mean, whatever. I don't, I'm just reading shit. Like, I don't watch college football. But right. apparently, they, you know, they were sold on him, and they liked him. And, you know, Devonta Smith weighs 165 pounds. Tony's 195. And maybe they, you know, maybe they messed with the Eagles. Maybe they got the Eagles to trade up and waste capital. And, and he liked Tony just as much. They got him nine picks later, and you know, got another first, fourth, and fifth for next year. It was a huge haul for the 11th pick. So I think they did a great job. Um, they didn't get any offensive line help, which kind of surprised me. I guess Nate Solder is coming back, and uh, you know, they're hoping Andrew Thomas plays better, but they invested in Will Hernandez in the second rounder a few years ago. But it was weird that they I, took a receiver. They, they, ha- they signed Galladay. They have Slate and they have Shepard. Canarius Tony. Ingram sucks, but he gets you know a lot of targets. Saquon catches passes. It's a loaded offense. I do love your defense of the Giants. Um, I want to hear you uh, passionately defend. Uh, J- Sorry, John Gruden is equally next. Um, <laughs> I will say I don't that- know about John Gruden anymore. I tried. I stayed. I tried to say you know the guy won a Super Bowl and he won a division with the Raiders. I thought he was doing some things right, but they make some very strange moves. I tried to, um, I will, I will say this. So urban Meyer reportedly was set on taking Tony and even though he was his coach and he's, uh, I believe so. At least he was, um, that's part of the reason he said he got ATN instead, but I don't know if that says anything at all. Cause urban Meyer seems like a, just a disaster waiting to happen. Um, but I will say I'm happy the giants, the giants did that because that, that really eased my mind as a guy set on fields going number 11 when the Niners originally had 12, you know, I guess Mac Jones would have fallen, right. but just the fact that fields went right there, kind of, we were never going to get even, fields even, anyway. That was yeah, never going to happen right. so that yeah. now you can justify the trade up because you wouldn't have got Lance and you wouldn't have got fields. So you would have had Jones right. exactly. if you didn't trade. Yeah. So now you feel right. better. Right. For that totally. reason yeah, alone, we'll I wish that. they had passed on him. <laughs> that's funny list. Um, but yeah we'll see how mac jones does in the patriots uh system and uh, probably pretty set up uh pretty pretty well there to land there um but man trey lance uh, and now keeping jimmy g too with like the contract and no one wanting to trade that never really made sense either so like the raw guy and now the problem with Garoppolo, i know he's not great but you know the durability so um i don't know i think it all makes so much sense this way like the uh, there's some people trying to come out and saying that Shanahan had his mind changed and I was a little bit worried about that, but all, 
all evidence points otherwise that they traded for him. And, and he looked back at his second pro day. There's a reason the Niners had him doing all the, like they basically had him run all the plays. So interesting and funny that guys like a Schefter were just certain in their reporting um, right away that it was Mac Jones who was at like minus 400 at one point um, and uh, ended up being traded. I'm kind of fired up for Trey Sermon, an interesting running back too. So uh, really high on my Niners, if you couldn't tell. Um, one other thing I'll bring up with football, though, is like super interesting is this Packers. Like, I just moved Devontae Adams from one to five. I moved yeah. Gibson over Aaron Jones. I am uh, like, I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to play again for the Packers. And I, I, I'm, it's a, uh, one of my most interesting bets I made was a long shot at uh, it's a decent payout on the Broncos when I thought that they were, when they were the favorites for Deshaun Watson. And, you know, I thought I could have ripped up that ticket, but. Man, okay, I mean, Mike Clay, is the, Mike Clay has him as the number one defensive unit of all, you know, ranks 32 units. He has them the best defense in the NFL right now. And man, those receivers, if they trade for Aaron Rodgers, I'd be pretty fired up. But interesting, though, trying to do like a fantasy draft or rank them right now, because who knows? Yeah, I'm going to move Aaron Jones down, too. I just I moved him down a little bit. I'm moving him down more because if Rodgers isn't there, that offense is going to be one of the worst in the league. And Adams... I mean, Adams just, Rodgers throws to that guy every single time in the end zone. I mean, every time they're near the red zone, it's Rodgers to Adams. It is not going to be the same without Rodgers. It's not so, going to be close. So the, the thing is, I guess they had a two-year plan for Jordan Love, and they weren't even giving him backup snaps last year, and he was horrendous in the brief look they did get. So it's like, it's really bad, too. It's not just like, oh, a downgrade from Rodgers. It might be a humongous downgrade from Rodgers. You know what would be a, a good thing to do is get in one of those like overall contest leagues and draft like Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, Aaron Rodgers. Just draft the whole, just stack and hope yeah. that he goes. And if he goes, you're going to have the whole thing loaded up. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff. And it affects everything. Which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, that would be good for sure. Yeah, no, that's it. That's interesting because it sounds he's stubborn. You know, it came down to like Jake Kumaro. He was upset, was cut. And he just has a bad relationship with the GM. I mean, Brett Favre's coming out and saying, you know, man, I know him. I, I don't, you know, I'd be shocked if he returns. So I don't know who knows if it's going to force him into retirement. He does have the Jeopardy gig. It's just such an odd situation. And he's always been, you know, just so different. So, um, yeah, that's that's a crazy situation. My Niners are loading up. I'm, I'm fired up for football. Like, it was a fun draft. It was exciting. He's not going to retire, though. There's no way he's going to retire. He won MVPs at the top of his game. He's not hurt. He's not that beat up. I just, I don't see any way he retires. Like, he's going to play somewhere. Yeah, I I think there's a perfect trade. Yeah, the Broncos are just a perfect team. I saw um, Bill Barnwell. Yeah, two two firsts. um, Tim Patrick is their loaded receiver. Patrick's good, Uh, actually. Yeah, Patrick, two two firsts. firsts. And Drew Locke. I mean, it's why not? I mean, it makes total sense. Like I said, love's not ready. Bridgewater, take your pick. Take your pick. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, just make make that happen. Um, But uh, I I assume, obviously, you didn't watch one second of the draft. No, I didn't didn't watch it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I, I was partying my ass. Actually, no, no, that was Thursday night. Oh, of course, it was during then. No, 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 it wasn't. It wasn't. It was Thursday night. So Thursday, I was home, but I was, you know, it started at like one a.m. my time, pretty late. So I just went right. to sleep in the morning. I checked it all out, and I was like, "Wow, the Giants traded down." I, I was happy. I, I feel the Giants did a good job. They got a cornerback. They got an edge rusher. 
they got you know got the receiver they wanted, even though it seems like overkill. He seems like one of those Brandon Ayuk types, those run after the catch, fast, more faster than Ayuk, sort of a faster version of Ayuk. So we'll see we'll see what happens. But does he have the wingspan of Calvin Johnson though, like Ayuk has? No, he doesn't. I don't think he does. Okay. okay. So the, so the other thing is that uh, the Giants, by the way, if you want to just pretend that the Niners took Mac Jones, so you could disown them. Did you see what they did, the Giants? You see the Russell Okung tweet? Uh, I guess not. No. What'd they do? They partnered with, with Grayscale. It says, oh, uh, whoa, New York wow, Giants nice. Grayscale Investments announced first Bitcoin partnership of an NFL team, the G-Men. The G-Men are outfitting. Nice. Well, that's, that's sick. I did not come across that yet. No. You cool. got to put a futures bet on them to win the Super Bowl now. I mean, this is extremely auspicious. Yeah, I did see. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence, I know, converted a significant amount of his signing bonus, but that's nice to hear. Yeah, yeah. Um, that so fantasy wise, what we got uh, Najee Harris to the to Pittsburgh's pretty good, but the other one's not great. You know, ATN and James Robinson was. And I wanted everyone wanted the Falcons to get a feature back. I mean, really, how confident are you going to be in Mike Davis? So the other the other ones weren't. And Javante um, Williams even on Denver. I like Javante Williams. Ideal. I like the situation. Like Melvin Gordon. Is just exactly the back that, well, it go either way. Yeah. Like he could be that annoying back that is just tougher and more stubborn to get out of the way than, you know, than is convenient if you have Javante Williams. But it's also like he's not very good. He's got a lot of mileage, a lot of injuries. This is just a situation where the new guy takes over, isn't it? I mean, it's just, we've seen it happen where it doesn't happen many times. But I, I rank Javante Williams ahead of Melvin Gordon, even though I expect Gordon to be the starter week one. I think I ranked him back to back right now preliminarily. And I think he, um, I don't know, was it a two or three year deal on Gordon? Who knows how real that is anyway, but I could totally see taking Williams over. No, no problem with that. What about Trey Sermon? My guy, Moser is so injury prone. I don't even think he has 300 career carries. Um, Sermon, man, oh, really the most interesting is what do you do with uh, Trey Lance and redraft? Does he go undrafted with Garoppolo, the starter there? Or does he have enough upside you stash? I mean, I mean, with the rushing QB like that, I mean, what, what do you think? I mean, Shanahan system, Debo, Kittle, Ayuk. I mean, okay. it's, so they, I have, they invested I have, in the offensive line. I mean, it's, I don't know, man, the best play designer in the NFL. I mean, God, it's kind of, I don't know. Could be, could be Nirvana here. My quarterback rankings are so preliminary. Cause you know, it's like Winston and Taysom Hill. Like there's so many things that are, you know, Oh yeah. That's so hard to rank. Dalton, no. There's so many things, yeah. you know, and I have, I have Lance at 28 and Jimmy G at 33 right now. But I, you know, part of it's that Jimmy G could still get traded. You know, who knows, right? I mean, maybe Rodgers ends up in Green Bay and Jimmy G goes, to, well, they won't trade for Jimmy G because they traded for Bridgewater. And while Jimmy G's better than Bridgewater, it's like, it's not enough to like make another trade. Rodgers is enough to, yeah. to like override that former trade, but I don't think they would trade for Jimmy G. Well, Newton and Mac Jones, I mean, it's totally in flux right now. Yeah, no, it is tough. It would. Uh, I see the the online championships start tomorrow night. I believe the first one. I'm half tempted to join it because I have the sickness. Stack, but, stack um, those Broncos and see what happens. Yeah, Let's hope that yeah, stack no, that those Broncos and then draft Rogers and see what happens. You wouldn't. You could still get your. You wouldn't have to take any of those Broncos till the fourth round. You know, you, I'm probably not in the the fifth round. You could probably go fifth round Judy, sixth round Sutton, seventh round Rogers. And you're yeah, good. Rogers would get Noah good. Fant in the eighth. You're good. Yeah, Fant, yeah, for sure. Yeah, now your guy Williams earlier. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, yeah. That, like that would be a. So you didn't answer me though, Trey Lance. What if the season? So so Jimmy Garoppolo is the starter. We're August. It's right. Trey Lance going undrafted in, in, a, in one in, QB um, like the NFPC in, in, in the online? in the NFPC leagues. Yes, yes. 
Uh, yeah, probably. I don't know. Someone may take him. I mean, you know, with the last pick or something. I mean, there's so many guys, though, like yeah. that. I mean, Fields is just like him. I mean, it would be like stashing Jalen Hurts last year. Uh, how is Fields just like him, though? I mean, he played one place for the Bears. I mean, it's one other place for the Niners. I mean, it, it's, I guess, what do you mean, just like him? I'd say just like him, only the exact opposite, maybe. No, just I like mean, him what do you in mean? the sense that, you know, you have a... Do you know how many quarterbacks have thrown 4,000 yards in the Bears' history? Zero. Do you know who threw the second most yards ever in NFL history over 16 starts? Nick Mullins. I mean, what are you talking about? It couldn't be the most opposite situation. Yeah, well, I just, I didn't mean the situation. I just mean that you got, like, a dual-threat QB who is behind a starter that's not there for a while and if he pops he pops i mean the running qbs are worth so much look at jalen hurts that's an eagles team with no wide receivers and you know terrible offense and carson wentz was horrible and he takes over for three games and suddenly like you could start that guy every week so that's what i meant i don't want to get into a so so rookie i'm not gonna gonna say it's the same in the chicago is is san francisco yeah yeah, sorry, sorry, you got me very, very excited there. Sorry, uh, you know, you know, fantasy pros, dynasty draft. So just a rookie draft, um, uh, super flex. How, who would you have taken with the first pick? Super flex, uh, rookie only draft. Uh, I mean, don't really worry about your team, whatever. Just, well, I would you know, take rookie Trevor Lawrence, draft. without a doubt. I wouldn't. Okay, wouldn't... so he went. So he did go number one. Who would you take number two? I, I, who would you take number two? I would probably take. You have Harris like top ten right now, but would you take a, a running back in a? over you know zach wilson well, or lance that's or a, Fields that's a or, one q that's a one qb format that he's that high yeah. I, I moved him down to like 11 or 12 but yeah I, right. yeah. so in super flex who would you take uh i would probably take Najee harris the second mm, okay i had the fifth pick and i traded my third rounder to move up to number two just like kyle shanahan i wasn't uh, worried about overpaying so i, I, I did that may not be good you know i mean that's the thing we just don't know totally yeah. you know i mean it's totally I thought Vince Young was going to be amazing when he came to the NFL. I was like, that dude, uh, see how he played in that championship game against USC? It was incredible. It was one of the greatest. I remember, yeah, me and you were talking. I know. On one of the Rotowire trips, we were talking, trying to talk, you know, I I forgot his name. Uh, Is it Kyle or something? He was like a Tennessee beat writer for Rotowire. And we were talking, we were hyping him up. Me and you were saying Vince Young should be ranked so high. I was with you. I was with you. Vince Young, running quarterback, and he was so good in college. I mean, like, come on, this guy's going to be amazing. So he's yeah, actually sure. okay right. for a year, yeah. but he, uh, how do I keep your, keep, keep Vince Young's name separated from, yeah. from Trey Lance for now. But, um, but yeah. you never know. He could uh, be the next, you know, he could be the next like dual threat superstar QB. Yeah. But, no, just know, to be like clear, Tyler Murray was the first overall pick and we still don't know if he's good. We know he's exciting. We know he's a good fantasy quarterback, but is Kyler Murray going to be a guy that lifts the Cardinals to multiple deep playoff runs? I don't think we know yet, you know, and it's, Year three, like you usually know, Patrick Mahomes, we knew right away. Like, oh, holy shit, this guy's incredible. Watson, he tore his ACL his rookie year, but we're like, it's pretty, you know, he's pretty great right away. Both those guys are way better than Kyle, Kyler Murray, for example. Yeah, no, to be clear, if you squint hard enough, you could, I could be accused of being a homer making those trades and this right. opinion I have. Yes. I, I, that is yes, clear. Really. But I couldn't agree with you more about Kyler Murray, by the way. I, I, I have uh, Hertz ranked one spot ahead of him, even in fantasy right now. Do you know what Kyler Murray got uh, in the second half uh, YPA last year? What, like six or something horrible? Yeah, in the sixes, dude, 6.6. 6. 6. 6.6. The hurt shoulder could maybe just explain all of that. And he ran like crazy. But I agree the jury is out on Kyler Murray, for sure. Yeah. And that's adding last year he was a year older so stay who stayed healthy so uh isabella they took over dk metcalf that was not, not great so yeah i'm with you on murray it's the jury's up yeah just look at the picture of isabella and dk metcalf 
and be like, which one of these guys do you want running with the football, <laughs> trying to, you know, while people, while large, fast people are trying to hit and tackle them? I'd be like, I'll take that guy. I'll take that jacked guy who's like 230 pounds and even fat. Well, they're about the same. Actually, Isabella's just as fast, which is kind of crazy. Yeah, Kyler Murray, I have no doubt about his fantasy uh, production. I think he'll be a monster, but is he a good quarterback? Uh, it's hard to tell. Yeah. All right. Well, how's your baseball team's doing? Not great. It was funny because I have uh, in the in the first beat, Chris, list that you're in, I think you're still in first in that. And that league, I'm like, why didn't I do well? I, I took Garrett Cole, my first pick. That was a great pick. My third pick was Kershaw. He had a bad outing yesterday, but you know he's been good. I'm like, what's the problem with this team? I'm like, oh, yeah, I took Francisco Lindor with my second pick. And with my like fifth pick, I took Gleyber Torres. And I'm like... Oh, okay. This is this is my problem. I just don't. My offense is horrendous. So I got some work to do in that league, but that one's bad. My main event is in fourteenth. Juan Soto just can't get back soon enough. And again, Glaber Torres in all my leagues. The only team that's really good is my Tout team, my El Tout. Um, I haven't. My teams have not been doing as well. I'm just looking right now, and that because list oh, you're 16th one. I'm actually, overall in that in that one. I'm sixteenth overall in that one. Yeah, I I have you know, my guy Jake McGee. I'm gonna cry. Guy has a, a, a guy who's dealing with freaking uh, COVID effects, and then you pitch him in Coors Field. The guy can't pitch in Coors Field. Anyway, that's frustrating. Um, but um, yeah, I've suffered some actually quite a decent amount of uh, of injuries too. So been been not as great since uh, we last talked. But yeah, sixteenth overall, I'll take I'll take that. Uh, I'll take that. But um, um, yeah, I, there's depth, dude. Injuries are hitting the position dude. players um so hard. Like I, I mean, I, I want to jinx it here, and obviously Degrom is dealing with something. But the position players are going down like flies. I have Votto in a ton of leagues. His stat cast suggests he was going to get big. He just broke his thumb. Nico Horner. I had I, these guys like I'd sneak like really counting on in these main events and stuff. And I have Alejandro Kirk and oh, Kirk. Um, I picked ah, him up in the main event for seventy five. Yeah. He hits a couple homers. I'm like, that's a great pickup. I'm set. I have him and Omar Narvaez, a catcher. I'm desperate for hitting. At least I got solid at catcher. Both those guys on the DL. And yeah. on the same week, they're just both, I was set, and then I have nothing. Do you remember there was a league that I drafted all hitting in? It was only hitting? Yeah, that's the one I didn't do. It's the one of the chrysalises I didn't do. Right. Yeah. So in that league, my first pick was Christian Yelich. Okay, obviously. Oh. Okay. My second pick is Bryce Harper. He's out this week, too. He's on my bench. My third pick was Eloy Jimenez. Yeah. Out for the year, basically. He had dropped him. Uh, my yeah. fourth pick was Vlad. Okay, that guy's doing well. Fifth pick was Glaber Torres, done nothing. Sixth pick, Javi Baez has been good. Seventh, Moncada has been not very good. And eighth, Kettle Marte, my last hitter that I took before taking pictures, has also been on the DL all year. So basically, four of my guys are on the DL. One of them is Torres. And my pitching is outscoring my hitting in that league. So it's just, there is no yeah, point in drafting wild. hitting. Like, you should be, of course you're doing well, because it's not just that you got a lot of good pitchers. It's that the hitting is... Avoiding the landmines. It, yeah. All the, yeah. you know, and you know what's annoying is in my main event, I took Soto, which to me was like a very safe pick. I mean, they're all yeah. safe. But like Tatis, who looked like that was a problem, is great. Acuna's been great. Betts has been fine. He's actually sucked since that, uh, yeah. uh, maybe homeward since, but whatever. That maybe it's possible. He's got that 10 home runs and three steals. And he's, yeah. and he's bad. Just saying that he turned from that injury. It's he been may, way it may be an issue later, but I mean, to date, you're you've done totally fine. you know so tatis acuna Betts has been fine trey turner's been great Degrom, cole trout i mean pretty much i took yelich over trout by the way in that league uh bieber i mean pretty Guy much Lindor. all of the top guys except 
Soto are, you know, really, and, and then Yelich, who I have in the other league, two by four. There's the only two guys that busted, so. Lindor. Oh, Lindor is a second rounder, but yeah, I got him in, in the first one. So in one league, I have Yelich, and one league, I have Soto, and one league, I have Lindor. And, uh, and the only league that I didn't get any of those mine, you know, those landmines was uh, the FOMO league that I'm in third place in with you, that, the other one, the last beat Chrysalis, but you're still way ahead of me. But at least that team with Tatis being healthy is not, it's not like right. and dead. And do, I hope you had our guy, Brandon, uh, Sir Brandon Belt, active in your lineup uh, yesterday. He I had think. seven RBI in the first inning. In case, he had five RBI in the first inning in game one and two RBI in the second. That's pretty, pretty good. So that, yeah, I, I actually traded Kershaw in the, in the staff keeper league. Kershaw was 50 bucks. I traded him for a $4 belt. And Schuler, who I shared the team with, was he was not happy with that trade. I, we, we were going to drop Kershaw. We were going to cut him. Because we, we, we would have had no money at the auction. We couldn't keep all these pitchers. I should have cut Luis Castillo for 46 instead, but he's cheaper. So we, we traded Kershaw, and, or actually offered both, and they chose Kershaw. And I said, I'll take any one of these guys. One of them was like Brendan Rogers before he got hurt. And they're like, no. They gave me the $4 belt. And she was not happy about it. And now uh, he, hasn't, he hasn't followed up on that conversation with me, but I'm sure he's very happy. An 18-team league to get Brandon Belt for 4 bucks. Yeah, he's on pace. I uh, just wrote about him, so conveniently. So I'll give you credit because uh, I was going to blame you if that <laughs> trade went bad, so I have to give you credit. <laughs> on pace now, 33 homers, 97 RBI, and 11 steals, despite yeah. a slow start recovering from heel surgery, mono, and, and COVID. COVID. So, yeah, and Oracle Park has remained neutral, which to me means like kind of good news because it's going to get hotter. You know, it's, that's, that's the thing. So it is not played like an extreme pitchers park they've left the, the whatever the netting the same so i feel like that's going to be good for him too so so yeah he'll get hurt soon don't he's 33 33 and always hurt anyway so expect an injury but while he's out there like even getting the steals is, is pretty helpful so that's um, a uh, robust virome now he's got a lot of different additions to the virome so he's he's yeah. he'll be fine that is true I got, I got one thing for you, Liz, randomly. I, um, so I got a uh, jury summons for jury duty. I've never, never done it in my life. Um, I'm going to call basically right when we, when we finish here. Um, so I may not be able to on the XM show tomorrow. It's for tomorrow morning and you call the night before, you know, to see. And, um, I've actually come to the conclusion, um, uh, that I kind of wanted to kind of want to experience it as a life event. Uh, never, never done it. So if it's, a uh, some crazy uh, trial or something. I'm kind of embracing it. Uh, what are your thoughts? Have you ever, have you ever experienced the uh, judicial system through that manner? Well, I, when I was in law school, I worked in criminal court and federal court. But in criminal court, you know, I was... I guess going through law school, you probably have seen a little bit, a few well, more things no, I mean, than I just have. Because, a lot of law, you know, lawyers and law students haven't seen it because they went you know, to corporate law firms or whatever in the summer. But I went to criminal court. Okay. So I was sitting next to the judge in this like separate area and they would bring in these dudes with the leg and arm chains and be like, you know, you're charged with this and you're charged with that. And it was sometimes like, it was usually just drug, you know, this is in the 90s, it was like crack, you know, minor crack drug offenses. But once in a while it was murder or kidnapping or arson or something like that. And, you know, I was watching the legal proceedings and there were trials every Friday. Uh, but like Monday through Thursday, they were just like processing people, like pl- taking pleas and doing other things. Uh, so I've seen it up close and, and I've been on, I've gotten jury duty a couple times and I got out of it immediately. I just, you know, when the prosecutor, I said to the prosecutor, I said, you know, I worked in criminal court in law school and, you know, the resource disadvantage for the defendant is just extreme. And I, I don't think the system treated them very fairly. And of course, the prosecutor gets rid of me because, you know, they can challenge three jurors each. They got rid of me and I knew right. they were going to get rid of me. And that's why I said that. Um, it's also because it, 
was largely true. <laughs> but so, so I would not, I would try to get out of it. Uh, and especially if I had to wear a mask, I'm sure you're going to have to wear a mask. Oh yeah. That's kind of hell. You know Probably. I, mean? I didn't think of that. I, I didn't think of that. Yeah. So I would not want to sit indoors in a mask for eight hours a day for a week or whatever. So I would not be doing it. If you, it, it is an experience. I mean, my brother did it and you know, it's just people, I think he became the foreman. So, you know, it's like kind of, crazy. Oh, see, crazy. yeah, that is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Don't well, worry. No we'll one's going to choose happens. you as the foreman. They won't. They won't choose you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have to definitely have to worry about that. Yeah. Name the reasons that they'll, they'll they'll have so many reasons to get me off that trial so quick. Anyway, both both. So, somehow you'll end up as the defendant. You know, it's that the defendant <laughs> will be in the jury box and you'll be uh, on the defendant's chair. The the uh, now, do you know that it's even criminal though? Because it could be civil. It could be a civil suit, which is super boring usually. Oh, uh, I don't think I know yet. No, I, or if I did, I didn't look at it good enough, but I'll, I'll, I'll look more into it when I call. Um, cause yeah, I should figure out what the case is when I call after, after 5 PM or whatever the night before. But, um, yeah, so we'll see how that goes. If I don't talk to you in XM tomorrow, I'm not, uh, I'm not ducking you with the Mac Jones stuff. Um, I'm, oh, I'd trust love, me. I'd It'll hope. be way worse if you're not there. What's said about you. You'll, you'll way <laughs> no rather doubt. be there to defend yourself. Now, yeah, I already yeah. did it today. I'll call from the jury box. I'll call from the jury box. Yeah, yes, yeah. I actually listened today. Yeah. Yes, you guys heard my name. Like, what did I do now? I don't even know. I didn't even, couldn't even think of what I did. Like, ah, I think you're, you're embellishing a bit, but that, that's fine. It must, it must be fun for a nutless monkey like you to be so famous that you're hearing your name on the national radio show weekly. Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. So um, what else, man? Uh, anything else going on? You see Russell Westbrook, uh, what he did the other night. I know you're really into hoops, but that guy had 20 boards. Points. And 24 assists. Uh, He's only two players in NBA history have 20 rebound, 20 assist games. Wilt Chamberlain, and that was Westbrook's second time. That's pretty wild. So that's video game numbers, man. That's that's great. He could average 31 or 32. Like, he's what a beast. And he's like six, what is he, like six, four? Yeah, that sounds, yeah, I don't know. I'm not good at that. That sounds about right. I think I also heard right now. Hold on. If only there were a website that had his height. Yeah, he um, six three two hundred. He's, he's listed as, and I heard also if he, he could average 200. zero. How are you getting twenty one rebounds? What a beast! Six three two hundred is like a a midget in the NBA. A small dude. Six three two hundred. That's like nothing. How tall are you? Like six two? No, no, I'm barely six one. Not even. Oh, yeah, six six, six and a half. Yeah, right. he. Um, no, he. I know he steals boards, but man, that's a this. He could average zero point zero rebounds and zero assists over the rest of the season, and still average a triple double, which will be his fourth time in his career averaging a triple double. I mean, that was just unheard of the first time he did it. It's. I know it's adjusted for eras, but that guy. That those are pretty crazy numbers. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, what, uh, that's all I got. The uh, only thing, uh, if you wanted to watch a comedy, Bill, Bill Mars, the, the Bitcoin segment, did you check that out? I that made the round. No, the internet. Yeah. Okay. Well, he, he, he spent 10 minutes of his show, um, uh, dissing it and people had, uh, had fun with him on the internet. They, about 10 years ago, he had a similar segment talking about how funny it is to have a, 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 a phone that takes pictures. Right. And, and everyone mocked it too. So the, hopefully this one ages, uh, similarly as, as poorly, but, um, I, I don't yeah, think man. I don't think people are taking investment advice from Bill Maher. I'm sure he got destroyed on on Twitter because the uh, the cyber hornets are fierce. Uh, did you see that? Oh, the Chamath Chamath uh, not uh, talking uh, anymore because of the the bullies. Actually, the the plebs or bees or plebs well, he, or plebs. Well, Chamath deserved what he got. I mean, he was a dick. He was like a he was just a real arrogant dick to those to that guy. Like I'm rich and you're not. I'm super rich. Right. It was like. Right, you know, right. he is, but it's just it's just uncouth. It's and he is on, he, he is a a player, a wheeler dealer. Chamath is a slick dude, 
You know, he's a very polished, smooth guy. And that's the antithesis of these guys who are just like, not political like this. They don't have the, they're not the smooth corporate guys. And so there's, there's a big difference between the sort of investment, professional, slick, polished sort of suits. I know Chamath doesn't think he's a suit probably because he thinks he's like the Silicon Valley version of that. But like, that's the new suit. You can see that coming from a mile away. And then, uh, and then thoughts on, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, then the other big thing was that all these banks are going in big now. Goldman Sachs, JP Morgan, hundreds of banks want to carry it. And this is really interesting because I don't know if it was Pierre Richard or one of these guys was talking about this, that the central banks want to make a digital currency that's like the currency. And they want to be able to like push that currency into your account or push that, you know, taxes, everything. Just have a, a giant digital currency to spy on everybody and also to control taxes and tax evasion and money laundering and have just pure control over the entire system. And that kind of, but the thing, the problem with that is the commercial banks actually get kind of cut out. They're the middlemen in that scenario. You don't need a bank then if the Fed can just push digital crypto, digital currency into a digital wallet that you have. There's no need for like Bank of America or, you know, JP Morgan or any of these banks. So there was some thought, and I probably don't know enough about the banking system to really make the case as well, that the banks are going to adopt Bitcoin aggressively and fight the Fed. Because it's just for survival. Mm. You know, if they have a bunch of Bitcoin and Bitcoin services, they're going to want that to be the existing thing, not this digital Fed coin that just basically obsoletes the banks. Yeah, that, that's interesting. I didn't see that coming. I did see this. Uh, you shot me that uh, right before we started recording. I saw you, you, you shot me that on Signal. That's, that's seemingly good news, right? That'd have to be bullish, right? I mean, it went up a bit. It's 57 right now. And I, I just think like this little fluctuations that we So see thoughts on Ethereum, man. Thoughts on Ethereum. I don't know anything about it. My friend, my friend texted me and said, I don't understand Ethereum, a good friend of mine. And I said, neither do I. Who the hell understands it? It's like some techno mumbo jumbo that I, I, I try to read it a couple times. I'm like, I don't even know what they're talking about. This world computer. and that, I don't know what the hell they're talking about. I understand Bitcoin to an extent. I understand it decently well uh, for my technical skill level. And I understand the purpose of it. And Michael Saylor is an incredibly uh, articulate advocate for it. And he really, he really like, you know, Nick Carter, you like... Those guys speak, uh, Andreas Antonopoulos, his first guy I started like, listening to about it. I've never heard anyone explain Ethereum in a way that, that I thought, oh, this is so obviously necessary and needed, and this is going to be the next big thing. I've heard a lot of people say a lot of stuff, and I don't know what the hell that thing is. So I, I, it's not interesting to me. I don't want to make the mistake of saying I know it's a fraud or a scam like a lot of the guys I follow think. A lot of the guys I trust think it's total fraud. But you know, I, they think, you know, it's not auditable. There's a huge pre-mine for Vitalik, a bunch of stuff. But I don't really know if, if you're invested and you made money on it, you know, don't sell an account of me. I, I, I'm just not knowledgeable enough. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I hear mostly that negative stuff too, always had. But the guys I respect, like Karalabob, is now saying, if you don't respect it now, you're just too much of an extreme maximalist or whatever. So it's kind of, and obviously the price is, is all-time high. So I was just curious. But yeah, I'm just, I'm on the sidelines for that one myself yeah, too. But um, it. yeah, it's definitely, nope. I mean, that, that, that guy's a billionaire now, Vitalik. I mean. Oh, well, yeah, well but, but he uh, pre-mined. is like, you know, he got some for himself and then made it. I, I don't know. I don't, you know what? I shouldn't even be weighing in on this because someone say, no, he didn't. That's what the maximalists say. Yeah, I, no, I, the, I brought it up. I, I yeah, read the I maximalists. Either. Just, so that's who I'm, that's my source. Totally. I, I, I found those guys to be very trustworthy about everything that I've discovered, but you, you can never, I would never trust, never trust anyone else's opinion and make it your own. Do you know what I mean? Just, yeah, yeah. You, you can say this guy's smart and I, 
It'll make me look into this, but it should just make you look into something. It shouldn't make you adopt the opinion because people are wrong about all sorts of stuff. You know, smart people are wrong about all sorts of stuff. So it's very dangerous. You know, just one guy, this guy, Macroscope, who I follow on Twitter said, you know, in the late 90s, the mania started happening for all, I can't even remember these stocks. Red something, Red Cats, Red, Red Hat, something. There's, some, there's a whole bunch of tech stocks in the late 90s in the, in the dot-com bubble that went crazy. And then everything crashed. And those are worthless. But, you know, Amazon, Apple, Google, you know, a few, well, Google didn't exist, I don't think, as a public company until like 2003. But, you know, the, the, the legit stocks survived and not only survived, but took over the world. And there were all these, but in the late stage of it, all these like shitcoin stocks uh, got pumped like crazy. And some people made a lot of money if they got out at the right time, but whoever knows what the right time is. So I'm not touching any of that stuff. If somebody explained one of them to me, not just some hype bullshit, but if I understood it as well as I understood Bitcoin and I saw a compelling use case, you know, maybe I would change my mind. You don't want to say there's nothing that's going to do well except Bitcoin, but that's the only one that I feel strongly or know about enough to say anything about. Good deal. All right, man, what else you got? One of our uh, followers, I forget his name, Kent Kangley, great name. He, he liked what we were talking about last week about the, to contrast the two ways of life, right? One way is to take care of your health, take care of your finances, take care of your family, take care of your professional responsibilities, take care of your local neighborhood, you know, shop, you know, go to the local restaurants that are good, try to buy local, clean up your dog shit, you know, the, just being sort of a good steward of your area, your local area and your life versus trying to fix the world, trying to make rules for other people outside your jurisdiction, trying to say how everyone else should be, trying to decide, you know, giant rules for everybody. And the case I made was, was basically that, you know, each person knows his local area well, knows his own family well, knows his own health situation and what works for him well, and nobody else knows it nearly as well. And we don't know that much about everybody else in the rest of the world, and it's not up to me to decide what you should do or you know, whether you should take this medicine or that medicine or you shouldn't take this medicine or this drug should be legal for you or whatever. I shouldn't be deciding this stuff for you because I don't know your circumstances very well, but I do know mine. And I should be left alone by other people to administer my life the way that I see fit. And I just wanted to expand on that a little bit, the, the idea that Everybody doing the best for themselves and their community and their local area is what creates incredible cities. You know, people building beautiful homes. You look at the most beautiful architecture from Europe. It was so old. People built, most of them were self-built. People who built their houses themselves. They weren't fancy architects in these top-down government projects. The most beautiful buildings are, are designed, sometimes they were architects, but designed by the builders in beautiful neighborhoods. And, and this incredible architecture, incredible cities that were built was just local stuff. And evolution is each creature trying to survive, trying to carve out a little niche for himself. And that's, it's not, oh, I'm going to design planet Earth and I'll see how many, uh, I'll design how many birds and what colors they should be. And it wouldn't, it wouldn't be as good as each creature uh, adapting to the hmm. environment and, and doing its best to, uh, you know, to prosper for itself. And, you know, people say, oh, that's really selfish. You got to think about other people. Well, you are. I mean, you're taking care of your family, which is really important because if you raise good kids, then your kids will contribute. You know, they'll have something to offer. They, they, it's a human need to contribute. You know, it, it's actually a basic human need to contribute and to feel like you're contributing and to be part of something. And if you raise your kids that they can be contributors, I'm definitely failing because Sasha like won't even walk the dog. But I'm saying one. It's not yeah. me. If they have something to offer, if they if they 
feel it's important to have a skill or, or a, a trade or a, they care about their, their, their job or they, they feel like it's important to be accountable on their end for what they're working on. You, know, the, you're, you are doing everything for the society, for the globe. That's what you do. Raise critical thinkers, people who aren't going to succumb to you know, the, the whims of the crowd they, that are not going to get you in some horrible situation where everyone's complying with arbitrary rules and suddenly society's locked down um, when there's, there's no scientific proof of the efficacy of that and there's huge cost to that. So you know, I, I just feel like critical thinkers, raise them. You're, you're doing great for the world. That's the best you can do. Help, you know, teach them to eat healthy. Teach them to take care of themselves. Teach them, teach them to, to ask things from other people but not to demand them. Teach them to to basically handle their, their life around them and, and not to think that anyone owes them something. And I, I feel like, you know, so to me that's important, but I feel like there's a huge push right now and I think it's just very convenient for people who want to have more power and control to, no, I'm going to say what, what should be right for the whole world and how you should behave and you need to wear a mask and you need to do this. You can't go here. And to me that is, is destructive because... You don't really know what other people are thinking or, or what the context is or, or anything. You know, if, if you want to be a certain way, you want to be a vegan, you should do that. You should absolutely do that. Uh, there's just a huge amount of people who want control over everybody else. And I find that dangerous and ultimately just a, a disaster. And, and the people who want the greater good, they want to do this for the greater good, but the, the people who try to bring about the greater good for everybody are the people who usually end up creating the most misery for everybody. And the people who are just taking care of themselves and their community and their mm-hmm. job and their kids and, and trying to raise kids to be good people uh, are actually doing the greater good for the whole society, even though they're not thinking about the greater good. They're just doing what's in front of their face. Well, well said. Um, I'm trying to do my part with the localization headed to the farmer's market as soon as we end this, our first one of the year. Excited for that. I live in a nice. relatively small city. Um, and I can't uh, promise the as far as uh, kids contributing to society, but Chloe did restart indoor soccer, which I'm super excited about. You know, she hasn't been doing any sports for the past year, and she's actually fast. I don't know. I need a, a maternity test or a paternity test or maybe yeah, both. But um, she's uh, – yeah. She's fast. She's fast in uh in, in co-ed and, and, and getting a kid got thrown out for trying to throw her down. Like she's uh, it's I'm fired up much out there. But anyway, I'm trying to contribute uh, locally here with the with with the, uh, with the little part I can with the stuff you said. But yeah, well 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 said, Liz. Yeah, I just I, you know, but it, people are going the other direction. You know? Yeah, I know, I know they yeah. are. I know, I know. But, but and, and I but, think by the yeah. way, I think there should be a safety net for people who can't do it. Right, like some people are just damaged and difficulties and it's not possible for them to i've got friends you know who just fuck ups you know they they can't do it like they just you want to be like dude you know snap out of it but like you know they would if they could i i I believe that so i think there should be some sort of humanity and and safety net but oh yeah absolutely should be encouraged to to be self-reliant and strong you know you shouldn't be encouraged to be weak If, if if something happens to you or you get injured or something, of course, the society should take care of those people and then also like give them opportunities to contribute because it doesn't matter what your situation is. You're going to want to contribute. And it's not just want to. It's like a need. It's a human need. But I, I should definitely be incentivizing and encouraging a sense of, um, a sense of self-reliance responsibility, not, you know, not responsibility scolding people who disagree with you, but you know, real responsibility in your immediate life, I guess. Yeah. Well said, man. All right. That's all I got. All right, man. Uh, anything else you gave your, uh, any movies shows? 
Um, no, that's pretty much all I got. Oh, oh uh, Search Party is a good show to um, to binge. Search Party on HBO Max. Um, sure, I haven't thrown out a show in a while. Search Party on HBO Max. Um, good stuff, Liz. And, and happy birthday, man. 50th birthday once again. Happy birthday. Thanks, man. 50 is no joke.